Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. I was glad to have this man back. It's my U.S. representative. It's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. Chip, how are you? Good to see you. Joe, I'd be a lot better if I was down with you in Central Texas, but I'm in D.C., but hope to get back uh, tomorrow. Let me ask you something. What does your doctor say about your blood pressure? Because I'm watching your videos on Instagram, Chip, and you're about to pop a vein on your forehead just about every day, letting these people know that they're completely being unconstitutional. They're not doing what's right. You said something. I want you to, to, to give me this again for my audience, if you don't mind, but something about the primary, the first, the most important job the government has. What is that? Yeah, I mean, the fundamental responsibility of government, in particular, our federal government, is to defend the United States, right? Uh, it's to protect us from enemies, foreign and domestic. It's to make sure that they are uh, defending our borders and keep us sovereign. I mean, these things are in the Constitution. And look, you know, a lot of people say, man, you really are blowing a gasket. You know, like some people pay for therapy. I just take it out on Democrats. <laughs> uh, the, the fact is, the American people, Texans, the people who sent me to Washington, they expect me to fight for them. And so um, I look, I don't hold back. I mean, the American people want us to call out uh, the ridiculousness that we're seeing. And when you have the situation we have in Texas, you see it, I see it. And when you have the administration ignoring it and my Democratic colleagues facilitating it, aiding and abetting their willingness to ignore the Constitution and their duty to defend the border, then I've got to call it out. And I'm not going to wait around for the 24 election. Republicans are really good at one thing, one thing. And that is always saying what they will do next year, right. what they will do when they finally get the Senate or when they finally go, oh, oh, we've got the Senate. Well, we need 60 in the Senate. Oh, oh, we don't have that. We need the White House. There's always an excuse. I want to fight now. It's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican. It reminds me of the lead up to where we are today. In 2010, I remember the Republicans saying, give us the House. We'll take care of it. We'll stop Obama. We gave you the House. Didn't stop Obama. Well, in 14, if you give us the, the Senate, we'll stop Obama. G- gave, gave you the Senate in 14. Didn't stop Obama. Well, give us the presidency in 16, and then we'll have the House, the Senate, and the presidency. We will run this country the way the people want us to. And for about two years, we did. And I don't know if Republicans forgot to win the next election, but suddenly the House and Senate went back to Democrats and they stopped all the good things that you were trying to do. Why are the Democrats so good at always circling the wagons, always getting their ideology in in the forefront, while Republicans seem to be unsure about how to continue once they have the power? What is that? Well, in part, I think if I'm going to be actually defensive of my fellow Republicans, I would say this. The founders created a system wisely that makes it really hard to get things done. 
That was awesome when the government was basically nothing. And so when you were trying to, you know, add to the government, it was really hard to do. But over 250 years, the government has become very large and intrusive. So now it's hard to pull it back. So we're having to try to break some glass up here to change the way the swamp, the establishment, the uniparty, whatever pejorative you want to use to this godforsaken place. We're trying to break glass to get them to fix it. Because, look, I'm one 435th of one half of one third of the federal government. You know, all I can do is use my message or try to coordinate and move people. We did it on HR2, great border bill. We did it on Limit, Save, Grow. That was a responsible debt ceiling increase for fundamental transformative change. We've done it on some other good bills. We passed a CRA, which is a Congressional Review Act, to stop the pistol race ban that's going to make felons out of Americans for simply having a piece of plastic on a gun. But those things only go so far. We have to use the power of the purse. We were supposed to have used the debt ceiling fight to extract change. Unfortunately, we've hit a bump in the road. I hope it's not a veering off of the road. That's what we're trying to correct. I spent three hours over in the Capitol today trying to force us back into the boat. And let's get back trying to lead and and try to get some wins. U.S. Representative Chip Roy, District 21 Republican. He's my U.S. Representative. Uh, Glad to have you on today. Are Republicans just not good enough or conservatives, whatever whatever we're calling ourselves, um, are we just not good enough at calling out the lies? You just mentioned the gun brace. Joe Biden, you saw this, literally said the gun brace makes a pistol a firearm. And then he said it increases the caliber. Now, maybe I'm stupid. I've got five guns not far from where I'm sitting. I don't know any piece of equipment that will increase the caliber on any of those guns. No, they just make stuff up. First of all, they don't even know what they're talking about. They make stuff up. They don't really care. Uh, The problem is when you try to combat emotion with logic and reason, it gets very difficult, right? You're already kind of losing. So we're trying – one of the people asked, well, why do you blow a gasket in in a rules committee meeting or on the floor? It's because sometimes you have to fight fire with fire, right? You, you have to stand up. you got to make the American people know, but more importantly, your colleagues know, that you believe freedom is worth fighting for. Right. That you're going to fight. That you're going to throw everything at it. And to, with all due respect to my Republican colleagues, they get bent out of whack because they say, well, Chip, I thought you were on the team. Why? Because for four or five months, I was working with them and we had some good bills passing. Then they passed this garbage debt ceiling bill Horrible. and I called them out for it. Yeah. And they go, well, you're kind of Jekyll and Hyde. I'm like, no, I'm just consistent fighting for freedom. Yes, I'm a great team player when we're actually targeting you know, the opponent and we're actually going to go out and get a victory. But at the end of the day, we've got to fight for the constituents that sent us there and to fight for the Constitution and freedom. And when we veer off, I'm going to call balls and strikes on it. And as well, you should. Um, I'm glad that the brace thing is not going to happen. That, that's just dumb. Joe Biden, protected by 15 armed, you know, uh, good guys all the time, uh, wants to get rid of my ability to defend my family, myself, and my stuff. That doesn't make any sense. Um, well, what, let me go ahead. But Joe, hold on. Be clear. We passed the Congressional Review Act to fix that, but the Senate's not passed it, and he hasn't signed it. So we're still relying on the Supreme Court to strike it down unless we can force the Senate and the president to sign it. Well, is he, try- so we- is he trying to do it through legislation, or is he trying to do an executive order to ban it? Well, so they already have the pistol brace rule in effect that would ban the pistol brace. We passed the Congressional Review Act to undo it, but the Senate would have to pass it. The president would have to sign it. So now, thankfully, there's litigation underway in the Fifth Circuit, where you and I live, they have had some injunctions put in place on at least two cases. So you and I are protected under an injunction, to the best of my knowledge, and our constituents and our friends. But the vast majority of the country aren't there yet. So we're waiting on the court. 
Sorry to break from the interview, but I just wanted to make sure that was clear to your, your right. listeners. And, and the Fifth Circuit is what, New Orleans? And that's, generally speaking, a more conservative constitutional court, right? Yeah, sure. It's it's down in Texas is fully in the Fifth Circuit. The the head, the, the main uh, uh, court for the Fifth Circuit is in New Orleans, uh, and we operate under the Fifth Circuit. And so that was a, that there, there's cases underway right now. There's a lot I want to talk to you about. And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too far, but let me just ask you a very general question that's really more specific than general. It'll sound general. Shall not be infringed means something. It doesn't say anything about muskets or machine guns. It doesn't say anything about tanks or RPGs. It just says we have the right to keep and bear. And it's been decided by the courts that we are the militia. The, the people are uh, those who will protect themselves and their stuff and their freedom from a tyrannical government. Why are we down this hole where the government had any right to do anything and restrict anything that could be uh, deemed a firearm? Well, thankfully, the Supreme Court has been siding with what you just described, that worldview, uh, going back now to Heller now, I think, what, a decade ago? Right. Uh, a number of other opinions and, and recognizing— And Scalia individual- had that opinion, right? Right, and recognizing the individual right to bear arms, and that's really important because the Democrats want to say it's a collective right. Right. They want to say that the militia is a collective thing. They want to limit and restrict our rights. They, they openly admit it, right? And so when they, they pass these different laws— that's what they're going after for. That's the purpose of the pistol grace ban, right? It's to limit our ability to have weapons to defend ourselves. Right. And it's because the Democrats will always play to emotion, right? They're going to go through and they're going to make up facts and they're going to say things that aren't true. And then they're going to they're going to try to capitalize on things that are true and tragic. But when they don't, they're not going to put it in the context of history, which is that unarmed people have universally throughout mankind's history been uh, enslaved. They have been killed. They have lost their freedoms. They have had tyranny imposed upon them. And we saw it, whether it was in communism and the Soviet Union, we've seen it in Eastern Europe, we've seen it throughout the world, we've seen it in the Middle East, we've seen it throughout history. So our job is to hold that line. The founders knew it. That's why they put the Second Amendment in the Constitution. Chip, it's the first thing they do. Tyrants, yep. the first thing they do is they take away, first, first, I guess, they start with propaganda, but then they take away your, your ability to defend yourself. Don't worry, we'll keep you safe. Then they Correct. lock up Chip Roy and Joe Paggs. That's what they Correct. do. It's stunning. It's Chip Roy, District 21 Republican, great state of Texas. Let me go back to the border. Um, yep. I, I saw a report, and I'm sorry I can't cite it right now, but the report was that what the um, the Border Patrol is now doing is they're directing people who are coming here illegally to actual ports of entry. You and I would say, hey, that's great, except they're going there and using an app that is given to them by whomever it is that's, that's gathering them, and I guess it's from, from, the, uh, from the DHS, that they can now somehow apply for asylum or parole, and when they get to the actual port of entry, they're just allowed in. They're still coming in illegally, but they're allowed in because their their asylum claim is being is being accepted electronically. Chip, is that really happening? Yeah, it's absolutely happening. Unfortunately, under the Biden administration, the federal government has become the main actor in the human trafficking chain. And we're not counting them as illegally coming here. Uh, correct. So wow. now what's happening is the federal government is doing a number of things. Number one, what you just said. So they are taking individuals who come up, they use this app on their phone, it's called the One App, and it's on there, and they go in and they put it in, and then they're sent to a port of entry. They're able to be uh, paroled into the United States uh, with some date, maybe six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in the future. Wow. Uh, we have no indication that there's any significant numbers coming back for court uh, dates to deal with any uh, asylum claim or otherwise. And they're running those people through. And there's thousands a day. We don't know. We don't have the numbers yet from May. Uh, we should get them soon, hopefully, or June. But uh, we'll be able to see what the actual impact is. But let me let me up the ante a little bit, Joe. They are running camps. Uh, there's a camp that uh, that is existing in Panama right now. 
I am told that there's an agreement with the administration and Colombia and Guatemala to have camps that we fund where we're facilitating that human trafficking chain with taxpayer dollars where they're able to camp there to then get prepared for their journey up through Mexico. We are 100% facilitating the entire human smuggling, human trafficking uh, you know, operation and enriching the cartels in the process. And this one app is just a part of that. Meanwhile, there's still three or 4,000 a day being apprehended by Border Patrol. They're still overwhelmed and fentanyl is still pouring into the United States. And you know, frankly, Republicans, we ought to be saying, why are we going to fund government at all yeah. until you pass H.R. 2 and stop doing what you're doing at the border? And we just gave the baseline to, to the federal government of COVID baseline. We should have dialed it back to before COVID baseline. And they're going to get another four to six trillion dollars increase on the debt ceiling. We don't even know what that number is. And they're still doing nothing about the border. You guys have the power. And for some reason, I know you've got the backbone, but the wherewithal just isn't there. It's Chip Roy going uh, following Roy.house.gov. I know that you go to the border soon with uh, with Governor Ron DeSantis. I've had him on the program. I like him. I like him as a governor. Yeah. I'm a Trump guy. I think Trump got screwed in 2020. And I can make that argument all day because a lot of states that did not have mail-in balloting allowed in their constitutions of their states, their state legislatures didn't pass it, counted mail-in ballots. That should have been illegal. Every mail-in ballot, ballot should not have been counted. Forget Dominion machines. They should never have counted these, these uh, ballots that were put in Mark Zuckerberg ballot boxes. So I think that Trump should have gotten four more years. I think you wanted him to get four more years. Why, why is DeSantis the guy now? Well, look, I've known Governor DeSantis for a decade. I knew him long before. He was a founder of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, he's a friend. I know him well. I know him as a human being. I know his wife, Casey. Uh, I've spent a lot of time with him. Uh, he's got a great track record of fighting for all the things you and I believe in. What he's done in Florida is extraordinary. Yeah. He won by a million and a half votes. He won 62% of Hispanic voters. He won 50% of single female voters. He has an extraordinary legislative session. We in Texas, man, we're getting lapped. Florida, they passed school choice. They have universal school choice. They passed E-Verify. They're clamping down on illegal immigration. They're cutting their taxes. I could go down a laundry list of things they're doing. They're kicking butts and taking names. And that's from the leadership of Ron DeSantis. Right. Look, Donald Trump came to Washington in 2016, and he took a million arrows in order to challenge the swamp. Right. Nobody can deny that, no matter what you think of him. He rattled the cage, and everybody here, they bit back. And look, my view is, as we head into 2024, I want someone who can serve for eight years with a proven track record of taking on the establishment. He's done it. He has a great record. If we could have that record in Washington, I think we'd be able to be cooking with peanut oil. And so I support him. And I am going to the border with him on Monday with a bunch of sheriffs from South Texas, a whole bunch of great uh, people, ranchers who have been getting absolutely destroyed by the border situation. Uh, we've got a whole lot of people there. It's going to be a great event on Monday. If, if uh, Trump ends up being the nominee, you'll support him? Yeah, I'm going to support the Republican nominee, of course. I, yeah. But I, I do think that Ron DeSantis gives us the best shot at winning the election in 24. I hear you. Oh, which I'm glad that you told me because you and I have not talked about it either off yeah. the air or on the air uh, since you actually endorsed him. Uh, when you go to the border, what, what can you accomplish there other than a photo op? And I'm not being negative because when you go, I know that you're looking to solve some problems. Ron is going to go. He wants to see what's happening firsthand. But plus, he's running for president. What, what solutions might you be able to come up with by going there? Is it just a matter of seeing it firsthand? Well, that's part of it, but let's actually peel that back for a minute. Number one, the governor does want to see it firsthand as a personal matter. He and I have talked about it. Makes sense, I want to yeah. be in Texas. 
And he said to me, I want to be in Texas. I want to be with you because you know what's going on at the border. And I want to be with the ranchers and the moms that are get, dealing with fentanyl. I don't want to go get photo ops with law enforcement just for the sake of it. Right. Like a lot of people do. They go down with Border Patrol. They get a picture at the border and they move on. He goes, I want to hear from the people being affected by it. So I said, okay, we're going to set that up. Let's do that. So that's what we're going to do. I will tell you, H.R. 2 that we passed is a roadmap. It was built on the Texas border plan that we put together in our office, along with the Texas delegation. Uh, it's a great plan. But importantly, Governor DeSantis has a lot of great ideas about what you can do in the executive branch in terms of the remittances, the dollars that are flowing back to Mexico, right. using the power of the executive branch to actually move quickly like he did in Florida to build bridges after the hurricane to get the wall completed. He has a plan to do that. He has a plan to go after and deal with, obviously, E-Verify, which he just signed in Florida. And importantly, to implement the policies and procedures and force Mexico to the table and finally to take out the cartels. He's committed to doing it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to be uh, putting that forward more in the coming days. I wish he would go to the Texas House and and uh, and talk to this Dade Feeling guy, who should not be the House of Representatives uh, Speaker right now. I mean, he appeared inebriated. Who knows if he really was? But it was a horrible look for him. But giving Democrats chairmanships uh, on committees in a House that's dominated by Republicans, what on earth are we trying? To, are we trying to go blue? In te- we, you and I could talk two hours on that, and I don't want to get down the rabbit hole on that one. We're almost out of time. It's uh, Chip Roy. Uh, Chip, thanks for telling me about, about DeSantis and your support yeah. there. I'm not saying that you're wrong for supporting him. I just know that I, I think that Trump got screwed out of his second term. Um, when it comes to, to Adam Schiff, wow. The delusion of the separation with Schiff and Swalwell and others blew my mind the other day. Swalwell literally said, are you going to be indecent like Donald Trump or decent like Adam Schiff, who lied for years about Russia collusion he had to know didn't exist? So to censure him makes sense. Where were you on finding him and getting the money back that was spent? I know that there's an issue because you got a couple of people suing Nancy Pelosi for the fines that she brought. But um, having said that, these are apples and oranges. One was about wearing a mask. And this is about lying to the American people for four, five, six years. Yeah, well, look, I voted uh, no on the tabling motion with respect to Ana Polina Luna's first draft, which included the fine. We never got a chance to have that full debate because it did, in fact, get tabled. Uh, Ana Polina Luna move forward with the one that is a censure that didn't deal with the fine and that passed. That's a good thing that we at least got the censure done on Adam Schiff and he had to come to the well of the house Uh, on that same day, or maybe the day before uh, I had been in the judiciary committee where we had Durham in front of the committee, where we were talking about the, the Durham report. And I asked him under oath, you know, talking through it. I said, look, is there any world in any universe in which the chairman of the intelligence committee, the lead prosecutor of the first Trump impeachment, is there any world in which he wouldn't have known that it was a Democrat-led, a, a Clinton campaign, Democrat-funded operation that led to where we had, uh, you know, started the investigation, that when you had the Steele dossier, that it was clearly one source and it was uncorroborated, and then that one source was ultimately a Democrat operative, yeah. Mr. Dolan. Is there any universe in which he doesn't know that? And, of course, Mr. Durham was, you know, kind of laughed at it, actually, and, and said, no, I can't see how that's possible. And, by the way... The Intel Committee reports that were put out, the Wall Street Journal reported on it and others, um, they clearly show that Adam Schiff knew that. And yet, he nevertheless proceeded. Of course, he should be censured. I appreciate the work you do for this this district, for Texas, and for the United States. Thanks for coming on. Let's talk soon. Hey, God bless. Take care, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is The Joe Pegg Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. 
Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Been a great week. We brought you a bunch of interviews. That's going to do it for now. we got to get out of here. Have a great weekend. Be safe. We're back on Monday. See you then. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.